0: Good afternoon, good morning. You're hearing our voices a little sooner than some may anticipate, and that's okay. That's okay, because the Sons of Saturday are doing a formal-slash-informal car wash. A little impromptu interview rundown. Um, if you have not yet, in our previous episode, the one right below this one or above, depending on which application you are using, we interviewed David Hale from the ACC Network. Uh, David was awesome. Uh, He came on last year, uh, coincidentally, on the same day that Caleb Farley opted out and opted into becoming a multimillionaire. So shout out to Caleb Farley doing great things in Tennessee. Uh, On this episode, we are joined by Eric McLean from the uh, ACC Network as well, former captain for the Clemson Tigers and a personality on ACC Network. Um, Really, really awesome stuff from Eric uh, talking about the Hokies and some other things going on in the ACC uh, coming up for this season. Uh, as always, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy has your needs whether you are looking to fill a prescription or you are looking to fill your cupboards, first aid kit, or bathroom. I don't know what they call that, a vanity? Whatever uh, the mirror deal is where you put your uh, your Q-tips, your t- toothbrush, and your toothpaste. Regardless... Uh, Frat boys, everybody, brush your teeth. Got to be doing that. Get your deodorant. Get whatever you need. Anything that you need, Jeremy Counts has down at the Main Street Pharmacy right on Main Street. They also have a great selection of T-shirts, flags, and also a little bit of breaking news here. We're doing game day stickers, game day pins, and other game day stuff. I don't know. Might do some towels. Might do some T-shirts. Who knows? Uh, But there's some great stuff coming to the Main Street Pharmacy. So please check them out and go visit. Jeremy Counts down there. He runs a fantastic, fantastic facility. Um, other than that, some other tidings that we have for you. On Wednesday, we will be sitting down with head wrestling coach at Virginia Tech, Coach Roby. Uh, we're really excited to talk about his program. Arguably, not even arguably, it is the uh, one of the best programs in the country. Uh, constantly in the top ten, making news nationally. Uh, if I had to bet... That's going to be the team that wins the national championship first for the Hokies. Uh, He's done a fantastic job um, taking over when Coach Dresser bounced. Uh, But we're really excited to interview Coach Roby to talk about the future of that program. Also, for your golfers out there, whether you're good, bad, or have never done it before, the fourth annual SERTC golf outing is scheduled for September 10th, 2021. Registration is coming up here. Uh, I believe you have a few more days to sign up. Uh, Actually, the deadline is the 27th. So 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, four days from when I'm saying this and three days from when this podcast will drop. So go ahead and register for that. It's an awesome event uh, benefiting an awesome team and an awesome foundation. Um, So check that out. Other than that, any other things? We have the Locks podcast coming up. They've done a fantastic job. I want to shout out to them. They've seen great listenership, uh, breaking records, and uh, putting out some awesome content. So, shout out to that crew. They have their national Locks coming up for you here as we get ready for the season. Uh, And articles will be ramping up. I know that we have some awesome stuff dropping on Thursday. And then as we get into game week, our typical preview, uh, and we'll be ramping that back up as well. So, uh, I'm going to stop rambling along here. I'm going to turn it over to Eric McLean. Um, and also, keep an eye out tomorrow for conference realignment. That is coming down the pipe tomorrow. Um, so the ACC, Pac-12, and the Big Ten are expected to formally announce their alliance uh, on Tuesday, uh, which is more than likely when you'll be listening to this, hopefully. Um, so we'll continue with the car wash. Here is Eric McLean, and we will talk to you um
1: Everybody, happy Monday. We got a lunchtime sink, special edition lunchtime sink to break down the Atlantic Coast Conference, the Coastal, and the Virginia Tech Hokies. My name is Pat Finn. We got Billy Ray Mitchell, and we are excited to welcome on a special guest here this week from the ACC Network, uh, Eric McLean, as a college football analyst and a proud former Clemson Tiger. Uh, Eric, welcome to the Sons of Saturday.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here with you today. I'm actually uh, going to be hanging out on another podcast later tonight with uh, maybe an old teammate, John John uh, McC- uh, McClellan there. Jay so Locke. I'm excited to hang John out McClellan. with Jake Locke. And nice. uh, I'll be chilling with him later tonight as well. So I'm getting all my VT fix in today.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. John is another, we were talking about this before the podcast. I uh, So John was a sophomore when I was a freshman uh and I was uh opponent's leg the other day he's uh he's done a great job of, sh- of shedding off the old uh offensive line uh offensive right. line look it's been uh it's been skinny boy summer so I'm no uh, doubt, I'm no doubt. he's killing it man he's killing it absolutely so uh so we just got a few questions to kick us off uh checked out your podcast absolutely love the work that you do with the ACC network but also uh the Grand Legend and Lane podcast um and want to go over some of the points that we heard from there so Pat take it away Awesome. Yes, I was listening last week,
1: um, and Eric got it. Got to say, heard you uh, had ranked Virginia Tech as the ninth best team in the ACC and fifth in the Coastal. A lot of that, um, you know, was contrary to the high ranking that folks are giving Virginia Tech because of the name brand of Virginia Tech. So I'm curious, from a brand perspective, where do you think Virginia Tech football ranks today uh, in the ACC?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the it's difficult to look at this team because of the quarterback position mostly and the inconsistencies there. And and seeing just even from a, a coaching staff standpoint, the the carousel, you know, that has existed these last two, three years with you know, having a guy that we start with and everybody feels strong about and excited about and then mid season or so, we'll just start rotating and we'll just move different guys in for whatever reason, whether it's injury, uh, last year, of course, with COVID or or if maybe a guy just had a better practice. And I think that's what, you know, really has hurt Virginia Tech these last couple of years is, you know, not really having a guy that that is the guy that everybody feels confident about, whether the team is split on two or three different players or or, or one guy that can really rise up. And I I think Braxton can obviously do that this year. Number one, everyone else left, uh, so there's no one else there to really challenge for that number one spot. And then number two, he seemed to be the guy Uh, that the coaching staff really wanted to take the reins anyway. And so now we're in this position. uh, It's just a a question of consistency. You know, is he going to be, you know, the guy that we saw against Clemson last year, who played lights out against Virginia, who played lights out? Or are we going to see some, you know, spotty throws where he's airmailing some stuff, maybe running too early, not letting a play develop? So it's really, you know, I, I think this team will go as far as Braxton can take them.
0: Another uh, another unit, um, and you'll be talking to John later, uh, we used to go by the model of Fools, Federation of Offensive Line Studs at Virginia Tech. Uh, and you have spoken at length about the offensive line at Virginia Tech, especially these last few years under Coach Vice. You see the success with Khalil Herbert. You see the success with that offensive line. Can you just talk about what you have seen from that group ever since the Fuente regime came in and what that offensive line has been able to do.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, they're nasty. And obviously, you know that better than anybody, but excited to see the development, excited to see the the constant, you know, just getting dudes and developing dudes. You know, I think obviously we saw uh, from from uh, my guy, Big saw last year, so nimble, so athletic, just really – you know, freaky. I like to call him the dancing bear about just out there uh, using his punch well, using his his kick well, and able to, to really just, you know, dominate at the line of scrimmage. And now, of course, big Luke is going to swing over there and kind of take his spot. And, you know, Luke isn't as athletic as Christian, but I think more than capable of being a, a stone piece on that offensive line. And, again, a little bit taller, a little bit longer arms probably. So expect to see him use that to his advantage. Uh, and then of course Lakitas uh Smith, I feel like has been there forever. I feel like he has been a guy that you just look on this offensive line and, and just see him uh, you know, you know, dominating guys, whether at the point of attack, great job, you know, kind of in in pass there. Uh, and then of course, Brock Hoffman, I mean, has added a you know level of nasty to him. I mean, he loves to, you know, just take guys to the ground and and finish with pancakes and, and putting guys you know, really on their backs and and as prideful in that. And I think that obviously comes from Coach Bice, who who is teaching that and says, hey, this is important. We need to finish every single play. And so we saw them a year ago being, you know, one of the best offensive lines in the country, not just the ACC and establishing run, protecting well. And, you know, I think we're going to see more of the same with that this year. Going to be interesting to see where does Johnny Jordan fit in? You know, is he going to be in a backup role, a rotating role? Does he slide into one of those guard spots? And then, of course, you know, at the other tackle now that Big Luke has moved to left, you know, who is going to step up to be that piece? But I think there's a strong enough core there on, on really the left side going to the center where, you know, if, if the right, I, I said this, if they are just average, you know, I think that Virginia Tech's going to be in a great spot. And I expect them to obviously be better than average.
0: It's an interesting situation where you have two departures in Brian Hudson and Doug Nestor, uh, who were highly rated recruits that leave, but you still bring that core back. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Luke Tenuta. Uh, I've gotten on here multiple times, really excited about his not just future at Virginia Tech, but also his future at the next level uh, with the size that he has and the playing early. Um, but what about the challenge that it is to move from right tackle to left? The added responsibility. How do you think uh, he'll need to adjust to that different position? What are some unique challenges that he'll be facing?
2: Yeah, but Billy, what do you mean? It's offensive line. All five positions are the same, right? That's what everybody says. But uh, no, it's it's going to be interesting, and, and it's it is something that it, it takes a little bit of a learning curve. So excited that he was able to get a spring and obviously fall camp to you know get those reps and you know, tackle is, is obviously such a key position. And when you move to that blind side, even more so, uh, but just his, you know, comfort, uh, you know, I think in the position and sliding with your left foot instead of your right, that, that is a big deal and it's a big difference. And and people just don't understand that. I, I think the fact that he's going to have Lakitas beside him is is going to be a big help. Um, You know, a guy who, again, has been there for so long and, you know, has played a couple of different positions, but, you know, I think Lakitas is, is, you know, really going to be kind of that comfort, if you will, kind of security blanket to be beside him. But, you know, Luke has all the tools, and and he's going to be a great tackle. I think, uh, you know, having such a mobile quarterback takes a little bit more pressure off of you. You know, if you just had a guy who's sitting back there, uh, you know, building snowballs and and taking his time, that's that's one thing. But Braxton, he's so athletic, uh, such a great dual threat that if there is pressure – he's able to get away, and so that just gives a little bit of breathing room uh, if you're a left tackle, but I, I'm excited for Luke, and like you said, I think he's going to do numbers at the next level, and, and his side, you just can't teach what he has at the end of the day, and uh, he, he's a special player.
0: So you talked about the identity of Virginia Tech for the last few years being a run-heavy group, um, but you also mentioned that what you're most fired up about is our pass catchers. Uh, We spoke to David Hale yesterday, that podcast came out today and he was, he raved about the wide receiver group uh, and said they have an opportunity to be really productive with your reservations about the passing game, whether with Braxton Burmeister and some of the other challenges, what has to happen for Virginia tech to get back to being that dual threat dynamic offense that we saw back in 2016, we were averaging 35 points a game uh, and really balanced there.
2: Yeah, you you know I think what would be a good season or that people would get really excited about, as my co-host said, Kelly Graham, like if those numbers just kind of switch, you know, and, and we're looking at you know two hundred and fifty passing yards a game, two hundred rushing yards a game. I think that's the bread and butter where Virginia Tech wants to be. I, I think you can be a really you know successful team if you can stay in kind of that number, uh, and, and they are going to have a great opportunity to do that with, with a lot of older leadership coming back. At the wide receiver position, obviously James Mitchell, uh, the governor at tight end, one of the the best. I mean, the the best tight ends in all the country. He's so versatile, and, and it's just really exciting when you watch him on film and the things that he can do in the passing game, blocking, and and then even hand the ball off to him, give him a jet sweep or an end around play, and let him just run with. You. He's such a freaky athlete. So he's the he's the center point, and, and I think should. You know, we should see his numbers go way up, uh, you know, this year from just get him the ball and and let him work. And then, of course, Trey Turner, Caleb Smith, uh, Robinson, Tavon Robinson there. It's a great core, and it's a great group that I think can really make some strides this year. But, of course, they can't throw it to themselves. We have to have consistency from the quarterback position. Sounds like stability is going to be there. So now we have to consistently be able to throw and catch the football.
0: Another – I guess the last hot topic from the podcast um, that we got a lot of responses from uh, was Coach Funte. And you said, if we go seven and five, give Coach Funte the five year extension. Now, I gotta say, they come from Clemson. They win national championships at Clemson. We used to be competing for national championships, and a lot of people have reservations with that seven and five mark. I want to be more in that position where if we get to eight and nine, I think you get most of the fan base back on board. Can you kind of tell me what the perception of Coach Fuente is and where you stand on his tenure at Virginia Tech?
2: Yeah, I think there's no question that an offensive mastermind and a guy that really you know, is a genius when it comes to what he wants to do, how he wants to do things from the offensive side of the ball. The, the quarterback, I don't even know what we want to call it, situation for the last two years has been really weird to me and just how he's kind of handled it. Um, how, how the players have handled it. Him being a quarterback himself, you, you would think it, w- it would be just a little bit different. And, and him understanding how important having a guy at that position is. So that that whole handling of, of that situation these past two years has, you know, rubbed me strange and, and just a little bit weird of, of to see him, you know, kind of do it that way. And you know, I don't know him personally. I've, I've met a couple of times via TV, but you know, it's just the way that he wanted to do it. So I think this year is going to be a great step in seeing, okay, now that you have your pristine guy in Braxton Burmeister, what does that look like? Are, are we trusting everybody? Are, are we giving him every opportunity to, to be successful and not rotating somebody just to rotate them? So I, that's what I'm excited to see, man, in regards to, you know, getting everybody back and getting people excited. I don't think there's any question that, Seven and five is is mediocre. I mean, we all know that, and we all have much higher aspirations for any of our teams than than just that. But it's something that Virginia Tech has to get back to. I think the defense is going to have a a big part in that, in, in how successful this team can be. Those are kind of my two biggest points: is quarterback play and defensive play for this team. And can we start getting turnovers again? Can we start getting the ball back for our offense and and being a You know, a a reason that our team wins, not a liability, which I think the defense has been in these last couple of years. So overall, love Fuente. Think he's a great guy. Um, You know, think that he is in in a solid spot and can do a lot of things for Virginia Tech. But I know people get impatient and it's going to be interesting to see how long is that leash.
1: So let's talk about this Carolina game. We are now 11 days away. Yesterday I said, Hey, we're 12 days. Well, guess what? It's been, it's been about 24 hours. We can, uh, we can bring that ticker down to 11 keys to the game for Virginia tech. Uh, next now we can say that next week uh, against Carolina, Eric McLean, what are the keys to the game for the Hokies?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, how exciting is that, man? That we're, we're almost here. It's almost game week. I'm super excited for this season. thinks think it, it's going to be a really, really just fun year for the ACC in general. But when you look at this game, man, it, it's a tough one. And, and you've got to be excited if you're Virginia Tech. You're going to have a packed stadium, knock on wood. Uh, you know, that place is going to be exciting. They're going to be jacked up. The first game back, are you kidding me, for a potential walk to the coastal, I mean, that's kind of where it's coming down to a team in in North Carolina that is going to be the favorite uh, to to play for the ACC championship on the coastal side. You've got to be feeling good if you are Virginia Tech to get them early, to get them at home, and to get them before they have this great cohesiveness between their new skill guys. And of course, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So when you look at that, I, I think you have to try to limit Sam uh, which is tough and, and going to be hard to do. He he loves throwing the deep ball. He's such an accurate quarterback. You, you've got to affect him. You have to get him off his mark, and a guy that's going to do that is Amari Barno. I mean, my goodness, that guy is freaky as all get out, has changed his body since being at Virginia Tech and, and really just a, a monster of a defensive end. Just let him go eat. And then Jordan Williams, I think the transfer from Clemson is going to be another guy that just adds to that stability. So. If you can move, you know, Sam around and get him, you know, with his eyes down looking at you instead of downfield, you've got a real, you know, opportunity there. Uh, Of course, stop the run. You know, North Carolina, like any balanced team, is going to want to be able to do that and and to be able to not just rely on their quarterback, throwing it 30, 40 times a game. They're they're going to run the football. Uh, And so you have to limit those two things. And then uh, defensively for North Carolina, they're loaded up, man. Their defensive line looks really good. Uh, they're growing up fast. We, we had the opportunity to go visit with them and and just saw those guys, a bunch of freshmen and sophomore, but they're five and four stars and, and they look the part. So you've got to protect your quarterback, keep him upright, which that offensive line I know is looking for that challenge, uh, and, and to be able to come out victorious, but I can't wait Friday night football kicking off the season. It's going to be a heck of a matchup.
1: So, uh, as far as numbers go, uh, for all the uh, the Vegas insiders out there, Carolina is favored by five and a half, and we have the over-under right now at 60 points. Uh, what is your prediction as far
2: as, uh, you know, if, if you had a little money to throw around, what are you doing <laughs> on September 3rd? Yeah, well, 60 is a lot of points, and especially for a first game in a crazy environment uh, uh, with a team that, again, historically in Virginia Tech that, plays really well against North Carolina at home. So I think with the growing pains of uh, that we might see from North Carolina, I think that number's high, so maybe go the under there. Um, I- I've been riding North Carolina hard, man. So for this podcast, I'm so sorry, uh, but I'm going to go with the heels to win that one. I-, I think it's going to be, though, a much tougher game uh, than-, than some people are thinking. I, I think this one's going to come down to the wire. I like that five number. I, I think that's a good spot. Uh, because that means it's going to be really close game and just exciting, man. Again, I, I can't tell you guys <laughs> enough how excited I am. And the fact that it's the first game uh, for both of these teams, I mean, what a way to get your season kicked off. Definitely just as fired up as you are, Eric. All right, so we're going to do
1: a little segment here. We've actually never done this before on Sons of Saturday, but I figure it's kind of you know similar to what they do on ESPN, the ACC network, a little bit of uh, facts or fiction. Um, so we got four or five questions here for you. Um, so give us your fact, give us your fiction, and uh, you know tell us why. Fact or fiction? Virginia Tech has the top defensive backs room in the ACC.
2: Hmm. it's close. I-, I think Connor. You know, I-, I think Waller are fantastic athletes, man, and, and super excited to see them. I, I think we're going to obviously have other guys. Step up and make a name for themselves. I'm going to go fiction right here. I think Clemson probably still has that. I think Andrew Booth could potentially be a top ten draft pick when it's all said and done. Uh, and the other guys that they just have in the wings there uh, are, are pretty dominant. So I'm going to go fiction, but it's close. And I think I do think Jermaine is, if he's back to his old self, he's the best corner in the in the ACC. So we got fiction number one.
1: And uh, the defeat at the hands of the Tigers. Let's see about this one. Fact or fiction? Virginia Tech has the best entrance in the ACC. <laughs> uh,
2: I'll go. Uh, I'll go close second. But if you ask anybody else, <laughs> they'll say fact. Um, I man, I wish we were there to see it. I will tell you, this might be breaking news. I might get in trouble for this, but we're gonna be with you guys live uh, when you host Notre Dame. I cannot oh, wait to yeah. see that environment. I can't wait to see that entrance in person. It's gonna be unbelievable. But you again, I gotta go with my tigers, man. Come on. So Eric, is
0: this is that gonna be your first time as a uh, as a not a civilian, but able to enjoy the local uh the local eateries and the local drinkeries. Is that gonna be your first time so, uh heading to Blacksburg?
2: Yeah. So I did visit back as as a recruit to Virginia Tech. So I, I've been there before, but as a as an adult, uh yes, this will be my first time. And I, I'm super excited, man. I can't wait.
0: We will absolutely give you uh, some suggestions on, uh, That's right. on uh,
2: That's right. <laughs> um,
0: fact or fiction. North Carolina
2: is a title contender in the year of 2021. Hey, I like that. I'll say fact. You know, I, I think that you know that there's obviously that chance of of any ACC team coming out. I, I think they're going to be in a playoff, but obviously, when you type talk about title contenders. Uh, that that list gets very small very quickly. And so I think the defense is going to be the biggest thing for those guys. That's kind of been what has held them back, in, in my opinion, these last couple of years. And I think that side of the ball is going to catch up, and that's going to be a reason that they potentially win some games this year.
0: Fact or fiction. I've heard a lot of rumblings about Clemson has some turnover. Now, Clemson has more talent than everybody else. It's not even a question about it. But NC State has got some talent. Boston College has Ben Roethlisberger 2.0 playing quarterback. They got some good momentum. Do you think this is a year that Clemson could slip up uh, in conference, May, still win the conference, but maybe have some trouble with some ACC foes this year?
2: You know, we, we've seen it before, and we, we've seen a Pittsburgh team walk into Death Valley and beat those guys and score like 100 points. I mean, it, there's no question that the talent in the ACC is going to be super high this year. And two teams you just mentioned – uh, have a lot of experience coming back. You know, I, I had the again the privilege to go watch North Carolina play, or excuse me, North Carolina State uh, in, in their camp. And man, there, there was no mistakes. There was no mas, and, and they're just so old. They're so experienced, especially that linebacking core that I think is one of the best in the country, uh, led by Peyton Wilson. So sure, you know, I think any given Saturday there, there's a chance that you know any dog can have their day and, and really stand tall. Factor
0: fiction. I'm getting really tired of hearing this. I haven't heard you say it, but David Hale's been doing it. PFF's been doing it. Is Notre Dame an ACC team now? They don't have to, they don't have to be on our, our channels. They don't have to uh, account for anything. They can play whoever they want. I think they play a patty cake schedule for the exception of this year. They actually got a pretty, pretty tough schedule. <laughs> Are they now an honorary ACC team? Do they get all the benefits and none of the and none of the uh, none of the have to buy in here?
1: What's the deal? If you're with
2: asking me, man. Fiction, get them out. Like, what are we doing? We we should have had them sign a contract last year. I, I feel like we uh we missed a good opportunity there to kind of force some hands. But man, it, it, there's no question it would be a great addition to the conference if they could just commit and uh, get all in with this thing. But yeah, fiction right now. They they are they are not a part of this conference.
0: I see you going with the with the Clemson speak of the all in there. That's a nice, uh, nice job. Uh, Other than that, wanted to say shout out to the ACC network. I love the work that you guys are doing. Uh, It's really exciting to be able to tune in and, and hear all about the teams that I care about. Um, uh, Available to Comcast as of today. It's super exciting. It is about, it's about damn time. So shout out to Comcast for making it happen. I wanted to shout you out for uh, the work that you do on the Grammich and McLean podcast. It's an awesome listen. I know you all just previewed uh, the university of Virginia in your last podcast and previewed us the podcast before Uh, Is there anything else going on at the ACC Network or or with you uh, that we should be keeping an eye out for?
2: Yeah, so we're we're wrapping up our road show right now, which is super exciting. You know, we've sent a couple of hosts and analysts to each school. They're at Miami today, I believe Florida State uh, Wednesday, and then we'll wrap it up with Clemson on Friday. Can't wait to get back down there and and hang out with those guys. But, man, we're excited. We're going to be on the road a bunch this year. As I mentioned, going to be able to see you guys in person. Cannot wait. And just excited, man, that, that football's back. Knock on wood that we keep going uh, in a positive direction. And uh, we, we handle things accordingly with all this virus and craziness. But, man, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be with you all today. Thank you for having me. And uh, keep going strong.
1: Absolutely. And one last bonus question for you, Eric, uh, before you go here. This one is for the Charlotte Hokies and the Charlotte Tigers and anyone who's attending that uh, that Georgia-Clemson uh, game on September 4th. What are your favorite spots to eat and or drink in
2: Charlotte? <laughs> Come on, man. So I, I'm from Plaza Midwood when we lived up there and, and spent some great time uh, in that area. There's so many bars in that downtown place. And, and when you look at uh, the, the eateries uh, that are there, tons of pizza joints. Fuel Pizza is a good one right on the corner. Uh, there's another place kind of similar to a mellow mushroom, if you will. Uh, that's not a bad joint as all. And, and then there's a brewery right in in kind of downtown Plaza Midwood, if you will. So not not a bad place in sight. You just kind of close your eyes and point. You'll find some good food in Plaza Midwood.
0: Eric, we appreciate your time. Looking forward to it and excited to see you in Blacksburg for Notre Dame uh, come October.
2: That's right. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it.
3: Take care. To wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking.